Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parsha at Vayetze, Out He Went. We'll start with a brief recap. Jacob is fleeing from home when night falls. He lays down to sleep and dreams of angels going up and down from heaven. He wakes up and says, God was here and I didn't even know it, and marks the place as holy. He continues on his way and encounters a beautiful woman at the well. He rolls the stone away from the well and waters her flock and realizes it's actually his cousin Rachel. She brings him home to meet her father Laban, who enthusiastically greets Jacob and offers him a job tending the flocks. Jacob says, sure, I'd love that job, and can you pay me one daughter in marriage? specifically Rachel. Laban is like, sure, work for seven years and you can have her. So Jacob does. But on the wedding night, Laban veils Leah, Rachel's older sister, and swaps her in for Rachel. Jacob wakes up the next morning pissed. So Laban is like, okay, you can have Rachel too in exchange for another seven years of work, which Jacob agrees to. Leah gives birth to four sons, but Rachel has none, so she has Jacob sleep with her handmaid, who has two sons. Leah's like, no fair, so Jacob sleeps with her maid and has two more sons. Several years later, Reuben, one of Leah's sons, picks some plants and bring them, brings them to Leah. And Rachel's like, please, can I have those? And Leah says, sure, if I can sleep with Jacob tonight. So Leah gets pregnant and gives birth to two more sons and then a daughter, Dina. Finally, Rachel gives birth to a son too, Joseph. Jacob is ready to leave his father-in-law's house and asks to keep all of the spotted sheep born to the flock, which Laban agrees to. And then Jacob does some sort of magic trick with sticks to make the sheep all give birth to spotted young. Six years later of this trickery of spotting sheep, God says, all right, time to go home, Jacob. So they pack up and leave. As they're packing up, Rachel steals one of Laban's idols and the whole family sneaks away. Laban pursues them, searching for the missing idol, but he can't find it because Rachel is sitting on it. So Jacob and Laban make a peace treaty and Jacob and his family continue on their way. So the commentators see Laban as a pretty slimy guy. They don't think very highly of him, which makes them very suspicious of why he would be so enthusiastic about greeting Jacob. And then they remember that Laban would have seen Eliezer, Abraham's servant, coming to get Rebekah, and Eliezer was accompanied by 10 camels laden with gifts and jewelry. So they see the verse, which says, Laban heard Jacob was coming and ran out to greet him as, well, yeah, because Laban was a greedy slimeball who wanted to see how much wealth Jacob brought. Well, we all know Jacob certainly did not have 10 camels of jewelry with him. So the verse then says, Laban embraced Jacob, which the commentators see as Laban thinking that maybe Jacob has money tucked away under his clothes. No go. Then Laban kissed Jacob, thinking maybe he's got gemstones tucked in his cheek. Still a no. Finally, Jacob told Laban all that had happened to him, in order to explain why he had no money or jewels stuffed in his cheeks. To which Laban replies, well, I guess you're my flesh and blood anyway. Now, let's be clear, the Torah doesn't add in this value judgment. That comes later. But we all do it. We all think we have a read on someone's general character, and then we see everything they do from the lens of what we expect to see from them. This person that I think of as stingy seems to suddenly be generous must be an ulterior motive. This person that I think is really mean or judgmental suddenly seems so warm and nice must be fake. Sometimes these judgments serve us. They help us make decisions about how to act and they help us protect ourselves. But sometimes they're just judgmental. And our judgmentalness ends up coloring the interaction. If we think someone couldn't actually be nice to us, we might not be nice back, etc. So this week, I want to bless both the ways that our intuition and judgment helps protect us, and also our capacity to change, aka be less judgmental. I'll see you all next week.